What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the Nighty Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Nighty Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, to talk all things transfers. The January transfer window is edging ever closer, and... Uh, Teams are putting in place their plans for January and beyond into next summer. This is about the time where, is it fair to say, Graham, this is about the time where clubs look at the bigger picture, the longer term plan and try and get squad planning, you know, on the agenda? Yeah, definitely. You know, they work a couple of windows ahead of themselves. So, you know, there's, there'll be, when we talk about teams watching players, everyone, if we do a story now, Everyone assumes that it's for January, where a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are for, for the summer. The the January deals will 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 rise, but a lot of it will depend on where they are in the league. You know, when we're in October now, and as we know in England with the schedule, so many games to play between now and Christmas, and there'll be players who are not playing now who might be targets suddenly get a game. Um, well, Calvin injuries Phillips. can happen as well. Yeah, someone like Calvin Phillips, who we'll talk about in the show. Um, what happens if he becomes a City regular between now and Christmas? It's, it's, it, which isn't impossible. And other players like him. It's it's a fascinating one. Teams are a bit reticent to do early deals because you no, know, they can put all their eggs in one basket, and suddenly he's not available come January. It's a fascinating time of the year, it really is. If you're into transfers, anyway. Mm-hmm. If you are, yeah, Newcastle losing at uh, home to Dortmund in the Champions League on Wednesday night and uh, Alexander Izak picked up an injury. Jacob Murphy picked up an injury and uh, things can change pretty quickly. We've got Sandro Tonali we'll talk about today as well, who might not be playing for Newcastle uh, for much longer for the rest of the season. At least we'll get into the details of that. Uh, But first, please subscribe to the show on all your major podcast platforms, Spotify, Google and Apple, et cetera, et cetera. And follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders at Graham Bailey as well. Nightmin.com for the latest from us. Nightmin.com for the latest. Nightmin.com forward slash talking transfers for the latest transfer news and Nightmin underscore football on socials as well. Today we'll be talking a little bit about uh, Sandro Tonali. As I just mentioned, we got Jaden Sancho, Harry Maguire, Scott McTominay, who could potentially be a longer term Sandro Tonali replacement. We'll talk a new young player on the agenda of some of the big clubs. We'll talk Nico Williams and we'll talk some potential managers who could leave their posts in maybe the next few weeks, maybe at the end of the season. We don't know. But Graham, we'll talk United to start with. Manchester United, that is, because we've got Jaden Sancho, Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay at the top of the list. Now, we've been pretty much on top of this Jaden Sancho saga, even well before Graham even joined United in the first place. Um, but he's not played since the since August, I don't think. Um, I think it's August. And uh, no signs of him coming back, falling out with Eric Ten Hag. And United are making plans or investigating, I suppose, how the hell are we going to get him out? Because it doesn't seem like there's any sign of a resolution between him and his manager. So where do we stand? Yeah, United are, are trying to move him on as it stands. Um, there's been contacts with hierarchy, 
coaches, players, trying to get him to apologise. That's not going to happen now, Scott. We know, well, never say never. He might come out next week and do it, but it doesn't seem like he is. He's got his heart set on moving in January. And we'll have to see what comes about. Even though United are not going to let him go for free. It's not going to be um, covering his wages and a free loan. However, United will have to... There's going to have to be some wiggle room there for United. We know that. We did a report this week about a potential long-term loan. And, and United are considering this, Scott, because it's a way of moving the, the problem that is Sancho on for a lot for long-term, maybe 18 months. Let him go somewhere, recapture that form. Because as well, if he goes somewhere and recaptures his form, United then restore some value to a player they paid a lot of money for. The money at the moment is nowhere near that value. Was it seventy million in the deal in the end, Scott? Something like that. Yeah, it's nowhere near that value. Three million, I think it was. Yeah, and you know he's he's miles away from England selection, so I think it'll benefit everyone for him to go. At the, we know Dortmund want him, but again, depends what United want in terms of wages covered and loan fee and how dependent on the length of deal. I would still very much make Dortmund favourites at the moment, but there is interest in England, as we said. West Ham are looking at the situation. It's possible they need someone on that left-hand side. Chelsea are always looking. If he goes to London, I think Sancho does leave. It's likely he would want to go to London. So there's only so many options down there if he does go, which is, I think, why we're seeing the Chelsea links come about. But, yeah, um, we probably won't know until January where he's going to go, Scott. I don't think it'll be... I think ideally United would like it done early. But his people his people are talking to clubs, looking around. We know the Saudis tried to buy him in, in the summer, Scott. Wouldn't rule out they're making another approach. But it's all dependent on Sancho, where he wants to go. And uh, if he's going to dig his heels in, um, it won't be an easy deal to do. Yeah, United have their hands tied, essentially, because obviously, they, as we mentioned, they paid 70-odd million for him in the first place. It has not gone to plan. I think he's in his third season now and it's never worked out really. I think bought for to be the answer on the right-hand side emerges. Oh, he actually prefers to play on the left-hand side. So some fantastic squad planning from those who run United yet again. Uh, but Sancho is on massive wages. He's one of United's highest earners. I think he's among them anyway. And with United's wage structure as it is, way beyond most clubs and their capabilities well, it's, as well. It's getting so, it as well. Remember about the incremental wages, Scott, where he's on more money now than when he joined. And everyone forgets that. Day. Someone's on X amount every week. The way football contracts work, they get, it gets bigger and bigger as the deal goes on. So now in his third year, he's going to be on quite a, a little bit more than what he was on when he originally signed. As, as United are finding with other players, Harry Maguire we'll talk about in a second, although there's a resurgence uh, with Harry Maguire at the minute. Yeah. But, you know, and that might play into United's hands. And I think maybe they're hoping that that situation could unfold with Sancho maybe somewhere else uh, to raise his market value potentially. But yeah, United have... I think this is a long, long-standing problem with how United have uh, been running operations. Inflated contracts means that they have to work. And if they don't work, they're inevitably quite difficult to offload. And if they do offload, generally, it might mean that United are paying a share of the wages and it might affect the transfer fee that they can get as well. So uh, we mentioned there an 18-month loan, potentially, Graham. United are just like considering their options, really. And I think what we specified in that report as well was 18-month loan, potentially, with break clauses in each window. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah, You know, it might well, mean that they can recall him after six months and say he's like 
he's had an amazing six months, there might be a market for him. Yeah, and exactly. You don't want if he's not happy somewhere as well. There's, there's plenty of options to look at with that. It's that's just a sensible way of doing it, isn't it? And yeah, it, you know, he's he's given us a lot of column inches, um, hmm. Sancho, and it's not going to stop anytime soon, Scott. So <laughs> it's going to be a bit busy on him. Um, you know, anything could happen here, Scott. It wouldn't surprise me if he apologises before Christmas. Really, anything could. We might see him back in that red by Boxing Day. Then but again, even if he, he apologises, Graham, is he is he guaranteed to play? Yeah, like, if we do it, so <laughs> either, either it's possible. We, we could see him in red again in two weeks. We may never see him in red again. Either either option is possible. Yeah. Uh, so United are exploring how to bring about a Jaden Sancho potential departure. The break clause. I also I also should mention Rooney potentially if Ericsson Hag was to leave. A new and a new sporting director is likely to come in. Obviously, Sir Jim probably he'll have his staff in by January, we think, when, when it's everything's ratified, but it might be in before that. So um yeah, we'll see to the lay of the land. Harry Maguire, then we mentioned him briefly. Resurgence of sorts, uh, assist for Scott McTominay, winner plays well for he's done all right for England. And the winning goal against Copenhagen in the week as well. And uh, to be honest, like even watching him, I think he deserves his place in the team at the moment. Yeah, you know, you're you're at full stretch at the moment, and you're in. And it's it's complicated by the situation with Lindelof. I think Lindelof's going to get his extension um, at least another year, Scott. So I think he's I think he's still slightly more trusted within within Ten Hag's regime than Maguire, but. As we've seen, Maguire is not ready to give up on this United dream, and he hasn't been. You know, he, he could have gone to West Ham, but you know, if you're going to, he wanted his money paying. So, and I think a part of that as well that his heart wasn't particularly set on a move away. But if he really, really wanted to go, that could have happened. And this has been the issue all along. And his agents have said this: that um, he he still thinks he's good enough to play for Manchester United, and he's shown that recently. He's done all right for England. It, as we said though with Maguire, it was always about the wages, Scott, wasn't it? You know, he, if if he was on half the money, Ten Hag would have been more than happy to keep him around. He likes him as a person. He quite likes him as a player. It's, it, it was all about the wages. You can't have someone on over two hundred and fifty thousand pound a week sat in the stands. That was always the issue. It was pretty similar with Bissaka as well. It's not that they don't rate these players, but you can't have that much money on the bench or in the stands. It's, it's just not. A, not it's good. not a situation that continue, can continue. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he's he's a good option to have in the squad. Whether And I think because of injuries to Martins, etc., I think the chance of him leaving now in January look less and less likely. And um, I think Maguire be again one for the summer um, after seeing what he does in the Euros, really. And the United, again, Scott, if England have a good Euros, Maguire will be part of that. So if you are United, I think, well, we may as well keep him till the summer. We might actually be able to get some money back if we do want to sell him next summer. Mentioned Scott McTominay. What of him? Because uh, he has been scoring some goals recently for both Scotland and for United as well. Uh, golden scoring streak recently <laughs> uh, for United. Although he's quite efficient. Uh, I noticed in the Sheffield United win the other day, I think he had about eight completed passes plus one goal plus one penalty award. And the, the penalty award against him in midweek was, I think, quite ridiculous to be honest but he is getting game time at the moment for united it's called an old traffic penalty scott yeah <laughs> good old-fashioned 
Um, um, but yeah, Scott McTominay has been targeted by the likes of West Ham and Newcastle in the past. He's getting first team football at United at the minute. Where are we with him? I think it's not dissimilar to Maguire, but to a, to even to a, a larger degree, Scott, he he doesn't want to leave United. He, he, that, that's that's the crux of the matter with him. He doesn't want to leave. He loves United. He's United boy, and I think Ten Hag likes him as well. And I think we spoke about this on the pod before, Scott. I, I don't see the reason really. If he's happy to be a squad player, you know, if he's happy to be like a Darren Fletcher type role going forward, why would you move him on? I don't, I don't see the point in moving him on. Yes, he's been linked to Newcastle, but if United do let him go, they want good money for him. United, it's not. It's it's over thirty million, and as we'll discuss with Newcastle, Newcastle aren't paying thirty thirty five million for a player in January, from what we're told, it's not going to happen. And, and United are not letting McTominay out on loan. Why would you? Especially to a team who are now a, a real rival to United in terms of top four, top five. Newcastle mm-hmm. are, are a huge rival to Manchester United. So why would you do business with them? I I think McTominay the way he's staying, um, he's on a high. He's leading Scotland to Euro. Scott, I I. I think he'll stay. I, and, and yeah, we will see clubs showing interest, especially with him playing so well. But I, I don't see the need for United to move him on, Scott. Especially, remember, let's not forget that Van der Beek will be moving on. Well, United hope he'll be moving on in January. Um, and so I think there's, I don't think there's a need to move McTominay on. I don't know what you think, so I don't think there's a need for him to, to leave Old Trafford. Yeah, I mean, especially now in January. I think the only way that they would facilitate it is if somebody put up some money that they could reinvest. Mm. But, you know... I think they, I think it would take 35 40 to get him out. Yeah, well, that was the case in the summer, right? I think yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And if anything, he's on, a, he's on a higher trajectory at the minute than yeah. even in the summer. So. Definitely. Uh, we mentioned Newcastle, Sandro Tonali. Now, Newcastle, I'm guessing, when they signed Sandro Tonali, were not expecting to have to potentially dip back into the transfer market to sign a midfielder this month, or this month, this upcoming transfer window. But what's the situation with Sandro Tonali, Graham? Because he might not be playing football for Newcastle. Yeah, his 10-month ban will be confirmed. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, he may already have his 10-month suspension in place. It's going to be minimum 10 months from what we're being told from sources in, in Italy. And because he's admitted to betting on AC Milan, which is the real thing, it is an illegal app he's been using apparently. But the fact he bet on Milan was what did for him. Um, and so as part of this investigation, Italy, he won't be the last either. He's not the first, and he won't be the last to get a huge big ban, um, a big um, name in Italian football. But yeah, ten months um, that'll do him for the Euros, and um, he'll be ready to uh, for next Premier League season. Um, he will be at a train with Newcastle, but that's, that's a very little uh, little comfort to them. In terms of what Newcastle do from here, um, we did a piece about the legal ramifications, and we're going to update that, I think, this week, Scott, um, from our lawyer friend, Dan Chapman. He's going to give us his verdict on what Newcastle's situation is in terms of maybe some recourse against Milan. The current understanding is that they don't have any recourse against them because Milan is saying that they didn't know about this. I think Newcastle will look at the evidence from from maturing prosecutors and the FIGC in Italy, and they'll be asking for the evidence. If there is any evidence that Milan knew, obviously Newcastle can take that up. But if there's no evidence that Milan knew about Tenali's misdemeanours and the betting, there's nothing Newcastle can do, really. Um, they can withhold Tenali's wages to a certain extent, but that's minimal, you know. But they're looking, they, they, would, they are looking into that Newcastle, but there's no expectation at the minute that they can get any money back 
from Milan, but we'll see what happens if there is if there is evidence against Milan that the prosecutors probably will already have it, Scott. So if there is if there is evidence to be had, it will be available at Newcastle. So I think in the next week or so we'll find a bit more out on that situation. Newcastle know the need to replace Tonali. This is the issue, as you say, Scott. Looking towards January, another another DM slash number eight was not in their plans at all. It really wasn't. And maybe number ten was, um, from what I'm being told, someone to unlock these defenses again. I still think that's a weak link in this Newcastle team. Sometimes, yeah, you, you've got these wide players, but if your wide players are being marked, then who's going to unlock these players? Especially if Bruno, depending how deep Bruno is, I still think a number ten is something they need. But FFP is a real consideration for Newcastle. Scott, I'm told they, they are they're already in the red in term in terms of FFP, not in the red in terms of. Newcastle will never be in the red anymore. Until. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. So, literal bank accounts. So what do they do come January? Um, I think it's likely a loan deal that they'll need to replace Tonali. And that would be ideal because then you bring someone in a loan with a view, as they did, and that's what they did. That, remember, they had to do that with Lewis Hall. The reason they couldn't sign Lewis Hall was because of FFP on a permanent deal straight away. His deal isn't permanent until the summer. So I think we'll see that again. Uh, as you say, striking situation. I think they would ideally like another forward, Scott, but with um, with Isaac getting injured in midweek, but Callum Wilson's doing okay. I think they'll hope that he can get through to the end of the season. A centre-half is an issue for them. You know, they didn't think that LaSalle, Jamal LaSalle would be playing as much as he is, but, you know, that injury to Botman and Shah's been picking up injuries. I think they would like another centre-half, ideally, but how does tonight's situation impacts on this? We don't know. But in terms of the loan deals for these players, there is options out there. Calvin Phillips has been the main one. And he would be available on loan, from what we're told. City would like to sell him, but a loan with a view, I think that would suit all parties. I think Calvin Phillips is an Eddie Howe type player. I mm. think he'd fit Newcastle out on the ground. He's he's originally for he lives in Weatherby near Leeds, so he could commute in theory to Newcastle. It, all, it ticks a lot of boxes. I, I was, you know, I thought he would be a good fit for Newcastle in the first place. But obviously, when City come calling, most most players go. I think it'll be a, a really good fit. Other options in Europe, there's going to be players who come come on the radar. But in terms of Newcastle spending a lot of money, like the Metomine, I don't see the Metomine link happening unless unless United lose their mind and agree to a loan deal to a rival. I don't see that happening. The interesting one, Scott, is Piff Saudi Arabia. Obviously, Newcastle's owners are currently paying some very good midfielders their wages in Saudi Arabia. Um, Milankovic Savic and Golo Kante, some big names over there. The the one name that keeps coming up, Scott, is João Neves. 
a player who Newcastle is from Benfica or Ruben Neves. Ruben Neves. <laughs> Freudian slip of the tongue there. I think you know, if they could get Joe Neves, I think the Woods got. I think that would I, be fine. Yeah, that would be yeah. Great. I think he's, he'd be a brilliant fit, wouldn't he? But I think That's he's a bit out FFP, for January. It? Yeah, Ruben Ruben Neves, and as we're saying, this Portuguese Portuguese players are everywhere. Ruben Neves, um, player who's in Al Halal. Could he come back on loan to Newcastle? And what a perfect! It's not. It, it'd almost be like that. I think. Whilst I think Calvin Phillips is a great fit, Scott, and I think it'd be great. I, I'm a huge, as you know, Joe Nevers. I love Joe Nevers. I think him replacing Tenali would be. Um, uh, w- Ruben. <laughs> so Ruben, Ruben, Ruben would be a, a, a amazing dealer, wouldn't it? You know, someone who he's tried and tested Premier League. He he's that similar type of player. To Tenali, I think, as well, in terms mm. of how he'd play for Newcastle. So, keep an eye on this. Newcastle, they are investigating these situations. You know, there's nothing to stop Al Halal loading Jao Neves, Ruben Neves, sorry, Ruben Neves, Ruben Neves. <laughs> there's nothing to stop Al Halal to loan Ruben Neves to Newcastle. How this would go down, how this would go down with the Premier League, it, that's the thing. That is a real question here. The other clubs, I don't think, would like it. This is one of the things they feared from the off. We report, we did a report about Neymar in the summer, Scott, where this was a this was an option where slightly different because the option was, oh, did Newcastle sign Neymar via Saudi Arabia and loan him back? This one, it was a genuine deal for him to go to Al Hal, but with injuries now, that option is there, and you know, um, Piff on Al Halal. The negotiate if Newcastle do say, look, give us Ruben Neves, who's to stop it? It opens, it's, a, it's, a fasc- it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating situation. It opens a can of worms, uh, doesn't it? Because I think there would be, well, there'd be some recourse. Let's just let's just say from other clubs potentially, but. Oh, yes. there would be, but but if it, I think it's one that in Newcastle and and this financial fair play situation is a real thing for Newcastle. It really is. They're taking it very serious. They know that scrutiny from the Premier League, whether this is just or not, the scrutiny from the Premier League on Newcastle is is so much more intent than it is on other clubs. I don't agree with it myself, Scott, at all. I think you know. Um, should do be a bit more, be a bit more thorough with other clubs. Um, although there may be thorough with um, other clubs Everton. coming forward, City and Everton. Well, Everton. Yeah. <laughs> well, City involved into it's an ongoing case for City, but yeah. yeah, it's a fascinating situation, and I think it's going to come. This Piff talk will um, once once Tonali's ban is confirmed, as it will be in the coming hours. It'll be fascinating to see um, what happens here. Um, obviously. <laughs> Premier League themselves will probably hope the Calvin Phillips deals comes off. If not, yeah, there's going to be a lot of chat about about um, Piff and Saudi and Newcastle going forward, and that's not going to go away. Let's move on to a potential. Well, obviously Chelsea are linked with this player because I believe he's 17, Graham, and he's playing some first team football at the moment. Lenny Ioro, who is uh, on the agenda of the likes of Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, PSG, Atletico, and Dortmund, but Chelsea as you would expect, potentially in the box seat to pick up a hot prospect in the player. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's a, he's a fabulous prospect, this guy. He's got a 17-year-old, currently the heart of Lille's defence. Um, he's got his chance because another another fantastic 
defender Tiago Jallo, the Portuguese um, defender, he suffered an ACL. He's about to come back to fitness actually, and we'll we'll have some stories on him going forward in the coming weeks. Been told a bit of information on him, but him being unavailable has helped Lenny Oro come into the team. Fonseca's used him, seventeen, six foot three, a majestic type defender, likened to Varane. Um, when I spoke to the people abroad, so it's no no surprise that Liverpool United are both keeping. They've been aware of this player for some time, you know. Whether whether he's ready to play or not, it would put the fact that he's playing first team regularly um, in Liga and in Europe as well tells us he probably is ready. So yeah, Chelsea looking at him. Um, told that if they did make a move for him in January, it would be a, a buy now, play later, um, like they did with Malagusto. Um, last January, so it's, it's a deal that Chelsea um, have done before, similar type of deal done before. But he's got a lot of interest, you know. Atletico, PSG, Dortmund. He's he's a top young defender. This this kid, and and I think um, Leo might do a deal in January. And and these type of offers, if Chelsea did go down this route, it does appeal to these clubs because obviously they get to to get to keep the player. His values there, and and at seventeen. Um, it's an interesting one. Obviously, is he is he the could he be the future Thiago replacement? Potentially, seventeen years old and might have, need some time to develop. But obviously, playing first team football at the moment and doing quite well. Um, mm. Let's talk about another young prospect who is a good few years older than Lenny Yoro, but is out of contract at the end of the season, I believe, and is potentially on the agenda of some quite big clubs. Now we've mentioned Nico Williams, who plays for Athletic Bilbao and he has been he's been on the agenda of a few clubs for a while I think we did a piece earlier this week Graham about Aston Villa uh, potentially looking yeah. at him but could there be more? Well new, well, Aston Villa tried to buy him in the summer if you remember um, they, they made a bid was turned down um, it, the thing with Nico Williams Scott is that as you say he's out of contract end of the season you know he's he's still under twenty three. I think he's twenty one at the moment, um, which is staggering, really, isn't it? I think it's because he's been we've we've known of him since he was sixteen, haven't we? So he seems a lot older than that. There's a lot of clubs that are really really looking at him. He he came close to a new deal in the summer, but he still hasn't signed this yet. Bill Bauer confident that he will sign at least another two or three years, but Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham looking at him, Bayern Munich, Juventus like him a lot. I think if he between now and Christmas rejects this of the deal. That's what I'm told the, the, these clubs are waiting for. They want to see some sort of non-commitment from him. They don't, they don't want to get involved in talks and they don't want to be offering deals to to the player and then him using that to get his deal from Bill Bow. They don't want to get used by him, which is, you know, it does happen in football and it happens a lot to these English clubs. But inter- really interesting player. I want to keep an eye on and you know what more can he do at Bilbao? I think that's the thing that East Clubs are looking at, and um, yeah, keep keep an eye on him. I think he's a fascinating player. He's a he's a, he's a top player. You know, Spain international twenty one. If he doesn't agree that new deal by Christmas, this is going to ramp up this one. Well, there'd be clubs in the summer potentially looking for new uh, attackers. I mean, I'm not just that I'm literally putting two and two together mm-hmm. here, but Mo Salah could leave Liverpool at the end of the season. Yeah. That's potentially on the agenda. Um, yeah. Be... Liverpool are one of the clubs looking at him, Scott. So, um, and, and let's not beat around the bush. Liverpool are doing the homework on potential replacements. We've seen that. Pedro Neto, one of them. And Nico Williams would tick every box 
for Liverpool, wouldn't he? Play, he can play predominantly on the right, but he can play anywhere. You know, I think if you're in that Liverpool front three now, I think it's something that um, I think, I don't know this, but it looks to me like Klopp, I think he'd love to have that front three and then players interchanging. They can play anywhere. And Williams is one of these players. You mentioned Klopp there. He's doing well with Liverpool. There is one manager who's maybe not doing as well as he would have liked at Bournemouth. Andoni Iraola, formerly of uh, Athletic Bilbao, right? I yeah, I think he came through there. But yeah, he's a Villacano manager. But yeah, I think he was a I mean, he, I think he played there back in the day. I remember him playing. That's depressing, isn't it, Scott? I do yeah, well, me too. I'm, I'm, well, I'm getting on a bit now, I must be. Yes, uh, he, yes, he's a Bilbao legend. Over 400 yeah. games for Bilbao. Yeah. I, I remember watching him play. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he's now manager at Bournemouth. But how much longer will that be for? Yeah, it's it's a really strange situation. This my understanding, Scott, he's un, he's under real pressure. Um, if he doesn't beat Burnley this weekend, they'll be going into November without a league win, Bournemouth, and and that squad's just is too good to be in that position. You know, they 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 invested pretty heavily in the summer. The players clearly are not getting what he wants to do, Scott. You know they. <laughs> It, it, they were playing really good football under Gary O'Neill. I said last season, I was so impressed by what they were doing. But clearly, something isn't quite clicking. I don't, I don't see it being a million miles away from what Gary O'Neill was doing personally, like from the outside. But clearly, something isn't working. The defensive lapses in recent weeks is so unbombed. Like last season, they were, and Neto in goal was great. But we were seeing a couple of bad clearances last week. Um. It's real surprising for me that Bournemouth are in this situation, but they are proper in trouble now. And if Burnley beat them at the weekend, um, I think a draw, he may survive, Scott. But if they lose at the weekend, I don't see him continuing. Um, I really don't. And there's pressure on him. There's managers out there, you know, Jesse Marsh, you know, Bill Foley, the American owner. Um, they did like Jesse Marsh before, and he's available, Scott. So I, didn't, I keep an eye on that one. The drive, the players, people, managers out there who are looking at his bomber squad thing, I can do a good job there. And so I think, yeah, massive pressure for Iriola. And in terms of my Giro Merry go around, he's firm favourite to go first, but there's others on that ride with him, Scott. Um, David Moyes, one of them, who good start to season, but West Ham were well, woeful last weekend, absolutely woeful. Well, I did. I think we I think we discussed it on the pod, didn't we? That it might have been the perfect time for him to walk away in the summer. And obviously they they've had some decent results early in the in the early weeks of the season. Uh and things were going quite well, but things can turn quite quickly. And David Moyes himself is in the last year of his West Ham contract as well. So is this is there any sign of an extension? Is there what what are we most likely looking at here? No, there's no sign of extension just yet. Um, it's not in under consideration. They spent an awful lot of money in the summer, and you know they had the Declan Rice money, fair enough. But and they spent it pretty wisely. You know, James Ward Prowse playing well, um, Alvarez doing well in midfield. More, more kudos, not really getting the game time he should de- he deserves. I think at the moment, I think I'm shocked yeah. <laughs> under David Boys. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, um, but what a huge game for them this weekend against Everton. One of the other, a, a real struggle because. Yeah, West Ham, they're not going to get dragged into trouble because, as, as I said before the start of the season, Scott, this is a really bad quality Premier League this year. It really is. You know, there's the three teams who come up. Burnley, who for me look worse than they did last year. I don't know what they spent £100 million on. Yeah, they've lowered the age of the squad, but 
it has to be some it has to be you have to buy some quality at times and I don't see see that in what Burnley have done. You know, um Luton, Sheffield I still think three promoted teams are heading down, but and thank, Everton must be really thankful that the three promoted teams are as as poor as they are, because Everton would be I had them going down anyway, but I think from what I've seen so far in my side, but Sean Dice is under pressure with his new owners as well, Scott. So it, it's a fascinating situation there. And yeah, in terms of managerial stuff, I think I think I think Bournemouth will will, will react first. But you know, if Everton beat West Ham this weekend, where are West Ham going? It's it's um it's interesting what to keep an eye on, David Moyes. As you said, the contract situation, you know, the fans aren't happy. Um, particularly, which is strange. You know, the, although he won that European trial, he won the Conference League. There was still, the, I think, a small majority wanted him to stay, but I think it was 60 40, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it wasn't overwhelming, was it? Because um, they saw what was coming, because the football is just not good. And this is frustrating for West Ham because if you've got a team with Paqueta, Bowen, Kudos, Alvarez, James Ward Prowse, you shouldn't be getting beat 4 1 off Aston Villa. They are top of the uh, Europa League group ahead of the trip to Olympiacos. We're recording this on Thursday morning. That mm. was the, one of the early kickoffs uh, on Thursday. So you might be listening to this after that game's happened. And maybe David Moyes has won 5 0 in Greece. Never know. Maybe... Yes, it's European, yeah, his European adventures are keeping him, keeping him in work for sure. But I said, I think it's really telling, Scott. You know, you win a European trophy and you don't get a new contract offer. I think that tells us everything we need to know about Moyes and his West Ham future, personally. At some point, yes, that could potentially happen. But that's it from us today. I think we'll wrap it up there. A little bit of a lighter show for you today because uh, obviously we are how far away from the next transfer window? Two and eh, two months. Two months now. So things are going to keep ramping up. Uh, Nine weeks. Nine weeks, yeah. Club's looking to do uh, some business in January. But obviously, as we mentioned at the top, putting plans in place for as far ahead as next summer, maybe even beyond that as well. But... That's it from us, from Graham and from myself. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on social media as well at double underscore Scott Saunders and at Graham Bailey. It's 90min.com for all the latest from us. 90min.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest transfer news that you can catch up on. And at 90min underscore football for all the latest on our social media channels. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you soon for another Talking Transfers. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.